Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, we'll get to that Joe Biden story coming up in just a little bit, because it it does sound like even the Department of Justice does not think he's going to be president coming up in 2024. It is amazing. A man of uh, severe mental decline. Oh, my gosh. Some of the stuff that was outlined in that report is just so damning to the guy. I mean, you can just even take out the classified documents bit of it. You just look at the way he answered some of these questions. We'll tell you about that coming up in just a little bit. Central bank digital currency. It is something that we need to worry about here in South Carolina. Joining us right now is State Senator Josh Kimbrell. Josh, welcome to the program. Glad to have you on this afternoon. How you doing? Hi, Charlie. Doing well. Back in the upstate, you know, away from the state house for a couple of days. Mental health break. It's yeah. nice to have. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. So, so a big debate going on about central bank digital currency here in South Carolina. First of all, explain to us how it would affect the average citizens of, uh, of South Carolina. Well, look, one of the big pushes from these folks that want to totally globalize the economy and frankly, the World Economic Forum is to have what's called CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, where you basically don't have any uh, actual tangible coins or dollars anymore. It just becomes completely a number on its own, a computer screen, and it's all digitally controlled. And and frankly, that's easier for the central banks to manipulate than if you actually print the money. See, under the Constitution, dating back to 1788, the Coinage Act, uh, right after the adoption of the Constitution, gives Congress express authority over value in the, the dollars we carry. The Congress right. is supposed to determine that. Unfortunately, you know, for the better part of the last hundred years, we've seen the Federal Reserve take more and more power away from the Congress as it pertains to value in the money because they print money and all this kind of stuff, or they at least put it on a spreadsheet. And so CBDC would basically enhance that tendency for the central bank to go make up money out of thin air and, and devalue the currency yeah. and manipulate the values of the currency Without the elected, without the elected representatives of the folks having any say in that, so it's a very dangerous trend. It certainly accelerates this idea of a, uh, a, a the oligarchy of a few big corporations and their connected central bank buddies controlling pretty much the entire economy. And so, certain states have opted out of that. Florida did first under Governor DeSantis, and uh, several co- Senate colleagues and I we introduced a bill earlier in the year, and we just advanced it through subcommittee uh, yesterday to uh, ban CBDC being a legal tender in South Carolina, because mm-hmm. th- this is a dangerous, dangerous trend that if you, if you take away, if we become a totally cashless society where CBDC becomes dominant and there's no actual money you can get, it is much easier for government to control your life, much easier for government to manipulate the value of the money, and we've got to do something about that, and we're taking a stand. 
And they and and what they really want to do, and, and you hit the nail on the head, a cashless society. So you won't be able to go, and everything's got to be tracked. You won't be able to go to stop at uh, you know some Girl Scouts selling cookies and give them cash for the cookies, or stop at a little lemonade stand or anything like that without the government knowing about your purchases. Why, in in your mind, is it so important to these people to have that information? Well, and, and let's be clear. I mean, I'll answer that, but let's be clear about this. But people, I know a lot of folks listening are thinking, well, gosh, I'm already mostly cashless. And look, I'm yeah. guilty of that. I use a debit card for most everything. But my debit card is actually representative of cash in my bank account at a private institution, right? right. It, still, it still means it's, there's still dollars involved, and it's still not tracked by the, it's not the government determining whether I can make the purchase. CBDC is a whole other step further. Mm-hmm. You're saying that now your entire, every transaction you make is immediately reportable through basically the Federal Reserve. And that means anything you do, particularly if you buy a gun, think about that. All these gun control folks, you buy a gun, they're going to know about it. You buy a car that has a combustion engine, they're going to know about it. And when you want to do all this ESG social engineering garbage that that the left is trying to push now, you have CBDC. They know every time you buy a gun, you can't use cash to buy a gun anymore. If you buy ammo, they're going to know about it. If you buy a gallon of gas they don't approve of, they're going to be mad. If you buy a steak, God forbid, because they think it emits too many carbon yeah. emission standards into the atmosphere, it's, it's an easier way to control people's lives if there's a CBDC. And we're going to say, uh, hell no to that. So what would that, what would that, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word. How would that protect us against CBDC if everybody else has it? Well, a lot of states have already opted out. We're not yeah, the first. Right. I mean, so Florida has, North Dakota has, Alabama has. Uh, I, there's several others that, that, that i got to think about which ones they were in a minute, but sure. I know those three for sure. So what we're basically saying is in South Carolina, you cannot use CBDC to buy products. So under the Uniform okay. Commercial Code, so UCC is how you govern this. Uniform Commercial Code says if you sell a product at Best Buy or you sell something at the Walmart or Target in South Carolina under our UCC, we're saying the definition of money excludes CBDC. So any transaction that, ha- that takes place in the, the confines of this state, in the boundaries of this state, you cannot use CBDC to buy it. Then that basically cuts off even big corporations from doing it here. We're, we're not saying you don't have it, it's optional. We're saying you can't do it, period. Right. So even big woke companies that would like for you to use CBDC won't be able to do that under South Carolina's Uniform Commercial Code under the bill we're trying to advance. You can only use actual legal tender uh, U.S. dollars and coins and uh, debit cards, credit cards, you know, traditional methods sure. of payment, but CBDC would be outlawed in the state. So are uh, you getting any pushback on this? You know, honestly, believe it or not, even the Bankers Association is okay with it because uh, during, the, during the subcommittee yesterday, I asked the banking representative, I said, look, y'all understand. They said, we're, we're kind of neutral on it. I said, well, let's don't get neutral. Right. Let me explain to you how this works. It's beyond just UCC. The idea of a central bank digital currency means that the Federal Reserve would just create, create, create monetary values that they determine by themselves. Well, the Constitution of the United States itself says that the that coinage has to be determined by the Congress. So Congress cannot even legally tell the Federal Reserve, we're going to give you this authority, you can decide the coinage value yourself, that you'd have to amend the Constitution. So yeah. under the Tenth Amendment, what we're doing is absolutely legal because we're basically just saying, look, we do not recognize any coinage or legal tender that is not authorized by the Congress of the United States, and that would certainly exclude CBDC. So I think we're going to be able to pass it. I mean, you may have some folks that on the, on the hard left that, that don't like it, but I think you have bipartisan support here. In fact, in the subcommittee yesterday, 
uh, there were three, there were two Republicans and one Democrat, and all three of us voted to pass the bill out. So even the Democrat voted with us. Talking with State Senator Josh Kimbrell, let's go to the constitutional carry bill. It went back to the House. Now we're hearing that even House leadership is going to be uh, urging people to vote not to concur. It's going to be going back to the Senate. What is it? A uh, what is it? A strike and replace is what they're looking at. Well, here it's going to get dicey for a little bit now. So basically, you know, as I explained last time we talked about yeah. this, the Senate version did it did still have permitless carry. And there's been a lot of information out there about saying, well, it doesn't, the Senate version didn't have that. It did. I mean, it had enhanced penalties for felon in possession. There were some things in there that, I look, I didn't necessarily love, but it was basically saying if you don't have a CWP and you get into trouble, uh, the penalties could be worse than if you had a CWP. And look, I think that you got to get into the 14th Amendment argument there, but the penalties, but, but the bill itself still got rid of the permit. And I viewed that as an advancement in the right direction. Right. Now we're back to where we always are, which is the House and the Senate are at a complete stalemate. Uh, the question will be, can we get a conference committee that would actually move forward? That's the question. So the I, 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 only thing I would say at this point is both House and Senate leadership and House and Senate mem- members all need to find a way to not allow the closest chance we've ever had to have permitless carry in South Carolina fall apart. I mean, th- th- look, it's one thing I will tell you, Charlie, and I'm disappointed to see it, it in South Carolina, I see it at the federal level all the time. We have more Republican-on-Republican violence, politically speaking, than the Democrats ever do. These folks are united. They're going to stick together no matter what it is. They may fight like cats and dogs behind closed doors. When it gets into public, they're on the same side of things. What we unfortunately do, we have a very good habit uh, inside our party of of attacking uh, our own people more than we go after the left, and we end up stealing defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, I just hope that next week, and I'm going to certainly do all I can to this effect, we can find a compromise between the House and Senate to still get permitless carry and move the ball down the field. Because I do not want to be a state that does not have constitutional carry at the end of this year like we have been the last several years. That would, uh, that would break my heart. Absolutely. State Senator Josh Kimbrell, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. Thank you, Charlie. Take, Take care. You. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. 
You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The folks over on the stream just saw me dancing, doing a little chair dancing there. Oh, you don't know that we stream? Absolutely we do. We do on Facebook. We do on Twitter. We do on Instagram. We were doing it on Rumble, but I don't know who, but somebody deleted my Rumble login. And when I find out who did it, I'm going to murderize them. I'm going to moiterize the bum. So I tried to I tried to get it back up and running today, and I just can't figure it out now. So anyway, we will get that straightened out. We'll be back streaming on Rumble before you know it. I heard somebody today saying that Trump admirers are in a cult, that we're in a cult. And I was thinking about that because I've heard that before. And and usually, and this is a person that proclaims to be a uh, conservative. And um, if being a conservative was against the law, I don't think there'd be enough evidence to convict. But I was thinking about that that quote. You know, these people are in a cult. And I thought, you know what? We're, We're not the ones that are in a cult. We're not the cult figures here. Because let's just take a look at a um, definition of a cult. All right. A misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. Or thing that requires unwavering devotion to a set of beliefs and practices which are considered deviant or outside the norms of society. So in other words, or in those exact words, a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing that requires unwavering devotion to a set of beliefs and practices which are considered deviant outside the norms of society. I do not consider Trump admirers or Trump voters to be the cult members here. I consider the anti-Trumpers, the never-Trumpers, to be in a cult. Because they're the ones that have a misplaced or excessive admiration for a thing. And that thing is the destruction of Donald John Trump. And the and, and what they are willing to go to to do it is definitely deviant. And it is definitely outside the norms of society. They are willing to throw away everything in order to get Trump. They are willing to throw away your freedoms in order to get Trump. They're willing to do away with long-standing precedent here in this country where the president does have immunity in order to get Trump. So if Donald Trump, guess what? If Donald Trump doesn't have immunity, neither does Joe Biden. And if Donald Trump doesn't have immunity, neither does Barack Obama. And remember, folks, Barack Obama murdered an American citizen with a drone without due process. That happened. He droned an American citizen. That person did not get arrested. He wasn't read his Miranda rights. He was droned knowingly 
by Barack Hussein Obama. So can, uh, George W. Bush does not have immunity. Bill Clinton doesn't have immunity. Can we go back and charge George W. Bush for lying to us about weapons of mass destruction? Can we go back and, 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 and file charges against him for getting us into a, a never-ending war? Can we do that? If all of this stuff happens, that's the Pandora's box that you open. That means every single president in our history is now open to prosecution for what they did while they were in office. But boy, they are willing to do that. They are more than willing to do that. So you want to talk about who a cult is, sir? You are actually the one that is in the cult. Let's go to Richard in Dallas, North Carolina. Richard, digital currency. What's on your mind, pal? Well, right after everything you talked about, it's just terrible corrupt, ain't it, ma'am? It is. It's absolutely okay. corrupt. Okay. Yeah. Well, digital currency, that would mean uh, a cashless society? Yeah. Okay. That'll never happen because... There's too many cartels already established in this country and too many drug dealers that deal in cash. Oh, I know, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't think that'll ever happen 100%. Under, okay, never say never. Never say never, because look, what we never thought we'd be living in the world that we live in right now. True. So, um, you never know. You really, and listen, but how would the drug dealers and the cartels get by? I mean, to scan your card? They'd have their own currency. Okay. They would have their own okay. currency. Okay. That's, the I law, never the, even thought about the that. The law man. abiding, the law abiding, we would have the central bank digital currency, but the bad guys, they would deal and, in the black market currency that they use. All right, man. Don't. Never even thought about it, Charlie. I'm glad I called that. I'm glad you did, Richard. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate <laughs> anyway. it, pal. Thanks for calling in the carpro.com talk line, 800-905-0989. The um, Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307. So Joe Biden. And, oh, let me tell you something. You guys don't know. Do you, do you ever, do you ever your ears start tingling? Or what is it, when your nose itches? Which one is it? When your nose itches, somebody's talking about you? Is that what it is? I can't remember. Your nose should be itching uh, all the time because I talk about you guys all the time. I brag on you so much, so much. And I had a texter here uh, not long ago text me something that I thought was just absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. 839, because we, we now know that the Justice Department is not going to process or not going to bring charges against Joe Biden because he had all of these documents um, in his garage, documents that he should not have had, by the way. Um, and they really cite Joe Biden's declining mental capabilities. They say uh, one line said that the conversation was painfully slow. Another line uh, described it as diminished function. They de de described him as a, uh, a sympathetic old man with memory problems. They go on to talk about how bad his memory was. And this texter said, hey, Charlie, here's what they're trying to do. And you might be right. 
They're not going to prosecute Joe Biden because of this, but they're going to come along and say, hey, hey, Donald Trump, he's not of diminished mental capability. This guy's sharp as a tack. He knew exactly what he was doing. That's a really good point there, 839. Really, really good point. We'll tell you more about the Department of Justice and their finding about Joe Biden. Coming up next is the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. in his garage. That's the, that's the weird thing. It's that he shared. He shared these things with the people. He passed them around. Because you know how Joe Biden is. I mean, he's a, he's a braggart. Uh, not only that, you know, he's, he's a, a consummate liar. Special counsel probe says Biden willfully retained classified materials. No charges brought because Joe's an elderly man with poor memory who a jury wouldn't convict. Robert Hurd, the special counsel, has announced his decision not to charge former Vice President Joe Biden in relation to mishandling classified materials. They found evidence indicating that Biden willfully retained documents critical to national security after his vice presidency while he was a private citizen. Now, listen to this. Biden's memory, according to the special counsel report. Now, folks, they would not put this stuff in this report if it wasn't intentional and they put it in there a lot it's there a lot okay now at first it seems like they're protecting him to me it seems like they're actually setting him up biden's memory says the special counsel report was significantly limited We also have to consider that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him. By then, a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. In his interview with this office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president. Forgetting on the first day of the interview, when his term ended, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview, when his term began in 2009, am I still vice president, he asked. Oh, that's pretty. And and some described the interviews as painfully slow and said he had diminished function. The report also talks about how Joe Biden leveraged, and this is, this is the crime. This is, I mean, you might be able to go, all right, fine, old fart doesn't even know where the documents are, but he did because now he even admits that his garage was secure. Let me, folks, you could open my garage door with a can opener. You get yourself a P38, a big one, and you, you, could, just, you could just open that thing right up. It wouldn't. It, it takes nothing, nothing. You get hella sawzall and take that, care of that in no time. No time. The report details how Biden leveraged the sensitive government information for profit using notebooks that he should not have had for a book published in 2017. 
After the vice presidency, Mr. Biden kept two classified notebooks in unsecured and unauthorized spaces at his Virginia and Delaware homes and used some of the notebooks as reference material for his second memoir, Promise Me Dad, which was published in 2017. A ghostwriter is also said to have found classified materials in a rental unit in Virginia in a badly damaged box surrounded by household detritus. The special counsel report goes further into Biden's mental incapacity, adding, we have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden, and I read that to you before, right? So here we've got, but... I seriously think that they put all of that stuff in there for a reason. Because I believe they're trying to set him up for the 25th Amendment. And the 25th Amendment is what they tried. Oh, you heard that so many times about. Uh, and I even I, I remember I, I used to do a little news segment uh, on, on the midday news down in Charleston. I'd love to do one here. That would be great. Hey, any of you uh, news stations here with a light actually have a conservative voice, you know, I do pretty good on camera. So I remember that news anchor saying, you know, I think they're going to use a 25th Amendment against Donald Trump. And I was like, why? Why, why do you think that? Well, you know, you no, know, he's not crazy. He's crazy like a fox. Crazy because CNN tells you he's crazy? No. This is the Department of Justice. Saying this, so they try. They all these conspiracy theories about uh, Mike Pence and all the members of the cabinet getting together and invoking the Twenty Fifth Amendment uh, Amendment against Donald Trump. I think they're going to do it against Joe Biden. I really do. And he's only got what it is uh, going on the middle of February. You know, we've only got another ten months of the guy, eleven months before he's out of office. But they got to get him out. They want to get him out. And I honestly, be- I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that all of this stuff was in this report to be damaging to Joe Biden. Right? Charlie, can you send me a link to that article detailing the interview with Biden? Let me tell you an easier way to do it. This is a really good way. Go to thenationalpulse.com. TheNationalPulse.com. My buddy Raheem Kassam runs that. He's also on Steve Bannon's show, War Room, uh, a lot. You know what? I want to try to get Raheem on the show again. It's been a while since we had Raheem on the program. Just a great guy, uh, great speaker, and uh, maybe we'll uh, detail some of this stuff. Just love to talk to that guy. He's just one of my favorite conversations uh, that uh, that, that I have. So we'll see if we can get Raheem on pretty soon. But... That's the easiest way to do it. Lots of great information there at thenationalpulse.com. So check that out, and um, you can read all, all everything that's on here yourself. They've even got copies, some of the transcripts of uh, the, the report that was put out. So what do you guys think? Joe Biden, and again, again, this is um, another example. Hey, Charlie. Oh, this is a no. Oh, see why I love you guys. Charlie, what part of the law says anything about your age or mental capacity? They could convict him and giving probation. You're exactly right. Exactly right. Charlie Kamala could serve eight years if they got rid of Biden. As horrible as that sounds, it could be their plan. I don't think so.
I don't think so. Uh, Charlie, 11 more months of this guy. 11 months is too roll, uh, too long. Let's go to John in Salem about these classified documents. John, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Yes, Charlie. sir. Um, I just want to mention about Joe Biden. That was seven years ago when he committed yeah. those crimes. That's right. He may be old and senile now, but when he did that, he knew what he was doing. Exactly. You're exactly right. And, and oh, my gosh. But don't you see, I mean, isn't this more evidence of a dual system of justice here in this country, John? It certainly is. You're exactly right. All right, You're buddy. A Democrat, you walk free. It's, Talk about uh, Hillary. Yeah. Exactly right. With, with Jim Comey not, not going, getting on her. John, thank you so much. When we get back, Joe Biden's not quite 103, but how do you get there? We'll ask a, well, we'll tell you about a woman who did get to 103. That's coming up next. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. You know, we talk a lot about Joe Biden and and how old he is and, you know, obvious mental decline. But, you know, if if we are lucky, if we're lucky, we get to Joe Biden's age. If we're luckier, we get past that. And uh, and so, Will, let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about this? How old, when it's all over, do you want to be? You know— I can't really tell you. I I really think kind of my my threshold is like when do when do all my faculties start failing because yeah. that's when I want to go. But yeah. see, but see, even then, I mean, I think people people still. I mean, it's just human nature to want to live. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I you know, and maybe it's because like I still have my vision, I still have yeah. my hearing, I still can walk, I'm still able bodied. That you know, I think like that. But, you know, I'm like, man, as soon as I'm in a wheelchair, like, uh, I don't know if I'd want to do that. I don't know. But that's just me personally. Yeah, and 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 here's the thing. We've never been there. Exactly. We we haven't been that close. And that's the thing is, I'm sure there's people much stronger than me out there. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I I remember my grandmother saying, um, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And, And that to me, because I was like 18 years old. When my grandmother died, and I loved that woman dearly. And that to me was just like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe you would even say that. Right. Well, and I'll tell you the big thing that I've noticed is watching like cognitive decline. Yeah. And that's, that's probably one of the scariest bad. things. Cause then it's, I mean, it almost seems like to me, looking from the outside, you're almost like a shell at that point. Like yeah. you can't remember, like at the point that I can't have all those great memories. <sighs> I, you know, and, and we see that and we know how hard it is on families and how hard we, and, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I, I don't know if uh, the, theologically this is, this is a, a sound, um, but I think there, there comes a point where your body might still be here and your body might still be functioning in some capacity, but I think God's mercy and grace, you're already gone. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not experiencing that anymore. Yeah, you know what I, I mean, mean? Yeah, well, it's like basically you're just this walking 
remnant of. I don't want to talk about it. Don't yeah, get no, too much into this. Gosh, we're getting depressed. Because I know exactly <laughs> right. Because I know there are a lot of people out there that actually have family members that are going through this. And my thoughts and prayers are with you yeah, guys because oh, it's I'm, absolutely horrible. Yeah, my dad's going through it right now, yeah. and that's that's what made me think of the cognitive decline. It's right. Just watching his progression, and it's like, and the crazy thing is, he's the youngest of all his siblings. Oh wow! And they're all still doing well. Yeah. And he's you the, just you never know. Yeah. Um, but some of us do make it to a very ripe old age. There was a woman in Scottsdale, Arizona, who turned 103, and uh, she was surprised at how many people turned out to her birthday party. I didn't realize I had so many friends. <laughs> you are loved. So that Valley woman was very surprised when she got a special celebration surrounded by all her friends and family. That's because Verna Plantner just turned, are you ready? Not 100. 103 years old. Happy, happy birthday. She's a Scottsdale native who's lived around the Valley all her life. She went to ASU when it was actually known as Arizona State College at Tempe. Verna then went on to teach elementary school for decades, got married, and had two children. People who know her say Verna is very sharp, as we just heard from her, funny, and loves attention. So we had to ask, what are her secrets to living a long, full life? Living in moderation. Yeah. A little bit of good, a little bit of bad goes <laughs> pretty well together. A little bit of good, a little bit of bad goes pretty well together. Good for you, Verna. Happy 103rd birthday. That's that is awesome. But I, she's right. Just moderation in everything, I guess, is uh, is uh, sort of the way to go. So it's pretty amazing. Ah, my goodness. Just to be that. But uh, Charlie, uh, the day my mom couldn't remember my name broke my heart. Oh, I know. And I don't want to get into this sad conversation. Um, let's see. So somebody wants to go at 99. Here's a weird thing. I've always thought that I'm going to go at 97. Why? I don't know. I have no idea why that has always been in my mind. You know, talking about uh, not being able to remember, I hope this can kind of bring some light to this. My my great-grandmother, she did live, she was an O'Shield Scottish, uh, yeah. lived to like 100, one maybe she she was like right on that 100 mark right and she was senile she was losing yeah. it by the time that she was and it was so funny because one time we were at a family reunion and you know they're pushing her around in her wheelchair and they're like do you remember uh you know the, jane's kids and she's like i know these dang kids names and like she didn't <laughs> yeah. but she was just so just, yeah. such a feisty one yeah <laughs> my my mother's side of the family those people, they looked old when I was young. They just looked old. Every single one of my, I mean, my mom was uh, quite the looker back in her day, but all of her sisters and aunts, and I, I mean, they were all just, I mean, they, <laughs> well, and it's they looked 80 when they were 60. Well, it's funny because kids today, it almost seems like they look younger. Yeah. And it's like everybody before, it's like they looked older. What's What's going on here? I have no idea. <laughs> Charlie, my grandmother in North Dakota, a North Dakota native, will be turning 110 on July the 4th. Oh, well, happy birthday to your grandma. 
Charlie, I'm 67, still working. Want to stick around just to see what these idiots are going to come up with next. And I don't blame you. And say, Charlie, uh, Charlie, I have a reason to get up in the morning. And that's the key. Getting, having a reason to get up every single morning. Because how many people you know retire and before you know it, they're gone. Because they've got no reason. Always have a reason to get up in the morning. We will be right back. And you know, one of your reasons might be that you want to listen to Tara in the morning. And be a heck of a reason to get up. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.